Because wrestling is scripted and the matches are typically worked out in advance, people take the idea of wrestling being quote-unquote fake too far by assuming that pro wrestlers aren't actual athletes. Of course, these people typically don't actually watch wrestling and don't see how much physicality and agility is required, especially when you realize that when they travel to house shows, they're having to pull these spots off nearly every night of the week. But another thing most outsiders don't know is just how many pro wrestlers have roots in other sports, football, MMA, even wrestling in the Olympics. Today, we're going to examine the pro wrestlers who are also quote-unquote real athletes, as well as some of the athletes from other sports that have made appearances in the squared circle. And so, we've got just one question. It's not a good podcast. It's not a bad podcast. It's the two words podcast. <laughs> I am your host, John Berkey, and with me as always, the cream of the crop, Radio Matt. What, 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 what? Today, we have a fun show because our two words are real athletes. And if you're not watching on our Twitch channel, I just did air quotes because I think the professional wrestlers are real athletes. Boom. Eat it. But we're taking a look at, uh, at the divine instance when the wrestling world meets the so-called real world. But first, we got some news. What's going on? Uh, what's going on? That's been special to you, Matt. Okay. Well, uh, Becky Lynch clarified that the terrible SummerSlam return match against Bel Air that lasted all of five seconds. Yeah. Once it got started, was supposed to tick everybody off, so they could build a longer storyline with Bel Air. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's like that guy. <laughs> So, so there was the the Stanford prison experiment, mm -hmm. and one of the guards who like went way way too far because mm -hmm. that only lasted like a week. Yeah, it didn't even. I don't think it lasted the weekend. But they did an interview. They did an exit interview with one of the guys who was the guards and was like, "I was conducting my own experiment to see how far you'd let me go." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay, sure, bud. Sure, I'm, I'm the hero here. I'm the hero here. Yeah, no, we we meant to do that. It was supposed to supposed to get into your minds, make you think." <laughs> Saving face. That's all that is. Yeah. Uh, We're going back and forth here. Sure. Right. Rhea Ripley tweeted out uh, on Monday that if anyone sees a black gear bag oh, on the corner of Montano and uh, Montano Boulevard and Office Road in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that it contains all of her gear and her title belt. I didn't know it happened she in would, Albuquerque. And she would like it to be returned. And Dang. I just have one uh, very sad thing to tell you, Rhea. It's gone. Nope. Yeah. It's out of there. It was, it's, <laughs> it was. <laughs> before you tweeted out, it had already been sold for drug money and or other explicit services I'm not allowed to talk about. Absolutely. Albuquerque, 100%. <laughs> lived there for three years. Just gotten worse since then. It was probably sold before she got on the plane. It, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, 
<laughs> but, best case scenario, it was already on eBay before she touched down. But then the that's funny, best case. Like the funniest thing to me about it is that um, she needed gear for another show, like in El Paso, mm-hmm. and Damian Priest was like, "Will these pants fit you?" <laughs> and he, she's like, "Yeah, they do. They do actually fit." So, fun fact: Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley uh, have the same inseam. <laughs> So uh, MJF said in a, a kayfabe interview that his that his contract will be up in a few years, like I think four or five years, and if Tony Khan doesn't uh, up his pay by then, he might go to the other guys, quote unquote, which was an obvious in character, big headed line, but it was reported as headline news by several wrestling <laughs> news sites of MJF is thinking about going to WWE. No, that's not. what guys, they did. That's what those wrestling guys. Guys. Do. Guys, like four years from now, guys, no, nah. four years. He's thinking about a decision. Four years. We'll see what happens. If I don't yeah. get that extra $20 a show, I'm out. Those, <laughs> all these wrestling news guys. Um, well, I follow a lot of them who seem to be genuine and don't like, don't do clickbait all the time. And this one just got through everybody. Everybody picked up as like, oh, is he really? No. Clearly. <laughs> Did you watch the segment? No. And, and the worst the worst one to me ever was uh, there's an article that kept popping up that was like, Shawn Michaels says him and Undertaker were never friends. Right. And then it gets into the interview and it's like, yeah, we just never like rode in cars together. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we, weren't, like, best, we weren't like besties. <laughs> we didn't hate each other. We just weren't close. We, just, we weren't we friends. We were close. We're yeah. Like, yeah, we're never friends. And they hated each other. And Shawn Michaels stole Undertaker's first child and sacrificed him off a cliff. That's what it sounded like. That's, what That's exactly what it sounded like. Um, AEW ratings. Uh, Tony Khan is boasting about winning like 15 minutes. He's like, yeah, we won the last 15 minutes of SmackDown. It was like a very, yeah, very specific. And it wasn't even for like all the ratings. It was just like a very specific yeah. subset of the ratings. But but I guess that's what you got to do. Well, I mean, I don't understand why. <laughs> like Tony Khan had this before before all that stuff happened. Tony Khan had this air about him, like we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it better, and we're gonna you know let them do or say what they want. Make and then this happen. thing happened, and he just like got on on the internet and went nuts and like you want you want to know you know what okay you, all right I'm gonna we're gonna take it we're gonna beat you. why mm-hmm. what are you doing you why are you going nuts right now we already liked you don't make us hate you. Stop that. <laughs> we don't hate you, Tony Khan. Well, that's good. We're, 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 we're inching that way. Speaking of Tony Khan, uh, he did clarify uh, in, a, in an interview this week that the uh, the whole uh, EVP, the, the executive vice, yeah. uh, whatever, thing, whatever the president stands for, president. <laughs> I almost said principal, and so I know that was wrong, and so I stopped myself. Uh, but <laughs> he clarified that 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 uh, they actually really haven't been writing their own story since late 2019. Oh wow! Uh, he said the story really made it sound like this was like a recent demotion or something, but it's really been that way for the majority of AEW's tenure on TV. Hmm. Uh, but he says that he's in close contact with over a hundred people who help him formulate the stories and everything. He just likes to have like the 
he puts it all together. He compiles it into a show. So he's yeah. the writer. Quote yeah. Well, there has to be like one dude. Yeah. And so that's what it is. That's all it is. He says, you know, because that makes everything <clears throat> continue. And that's it's right. It's good. It's so good anyone who is afraid that this was like, a, oh, no, Tony Khan's turning in the next Vince McMahon just wants everything in his pocket. No, this is this is how it's been going. Everything that you've loved about AEW so far, it's been this way. So, yeah. It's all give me, good. Give me something else. Okay, this is my last one I have. Uh, Alexa Bliss has posted a gif on her uh, her Twitter of her darker persona morphing back into her normal uh, goddess persona, potentially teasing that we're getting old Alexa when she returns, which I sincerely hope is the case. Good. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> especially without The Fiend, what is what is she doing? Yeah, what's, um, what's the point? What is even the That's point? Not... And if I have to see that... Well, I don't have to see that stupid doll. If they pull some sort of stupid resurrection of that dumb doll <laughs> storyline, I'm done. I'm walking away. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> um, Amanda Huber is all elite, wife of the late John Huber, better known as uh, Brody Lee, better known as uh, Luke Harper. <laughs> Broder known as. <laughs> Broder known as. Broder known. Um, yeah, she's, she uh, she tweeted out. Is um, she a wrestler? That, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's going to be working. It, it looks like she's going to be working um, with like community outreach and that sort of stuff. Oh, like, okay. The Titus O'Neil role? Kind of, kind of <laughs> like that, yeah. Um... So cool. That's good for you know. Yeah, why not? Yeah, getting absolutely. them all involved, and she has a real job. It's not just like a oh, Amanda Huber's all elite because her husband worked for us. Um, no, I think that's beautiful. And then a con- a a complaint that I have: Dante Martin and Leo Rush are now a tag team, which doesn't make any sense because Dante Martin uh, was sold to us as a tag team with his brother Marcus as Top Flight. And it's been like a year. And I know that, that uh, Marcus got injured, but like... Is he still out and injured? I uh, Yeah, but like uh, Leo Rush, they were doing their backstage stuff, and Leo Rush was like, from this moment forward, I'm Dante, Dante Martin's tag team partner. You know, they could be setting up for a storyline. Maybe. When the brother makes the return. Maybe. Some jealous thing. You don't know. Jealous, but, uh, <laughs> you're just jealous of my gift. But who knows? Um, but I like Leo Rush looks good. He's 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 talking good. He's he's got some stuff going good. He's wrestling good. Like everything's good. I'm excited to see him back there. Yeah. Speaking of Leo Rush, I know that Josiah Williams was pretty close with him in the WWE. Yeah. And I really hope Josiah Williams gets picked up. By <laughs> Didn't Josiah Williams uh, write? He's done a couple of the songs. Uh, yeah, Sean Spears is, I know. Yeah, did Sean Spears is, but there's another one that he's on too. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, right. they need to get, they, just cool. get him in there. Get him in there somewhere. Pick up our boy Josiah Williams. <laughs> Well, that's all the news we got. When we come back, we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite Thursday morning (laughs) pay-per-view. Stay tuned. This week in nerd history, love, not war. 
That was the primary philosophy behind the creation of Wonder Woman, a hero who would triumph not with fists or firepower, but with love. She was primarily seen as a defender, not a brawler, when she made her debut in All-Star Comics number 8 on October 21st, 1941. William Moulton Martson, the creator of Wonder Woman, is also known for creating a systolic blood pressure measuring apparatus, which was crucial for the development of the polygraph, aka the lie detector. Martson's experience with polygraphs convinced him that women were more honest than men in certain situations and could work more efficiently. It was also this connection that partially inspired Wonder Woman's golden lasso that compels those it touches to speak only the truth. Wonder Woman would go on to be one of the most popular DC Comics characters even to this day as a part of DC's Trinity, along with Superman and Batman, though she's certainly more of a fighter these days, but still driven by love. There's plenty more to her long 80-year story, far too much to cover here, but if her most recent fantastic portrayal in the DCEU film Film series is any indication the character is remaining true to the original idea. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. to the two words podcast today we're talking about real athletes but first we had a we had a little bit of a of a mid-morning pay-per-view yeah day of uh, as as we're recording this it was yeah, this morning it was this morning um uh, everybody's favorite thursday morning pay-per-view crown jewel aired uh this morning or thursday whatever whatever day you're listening to it um and i did not uh, get to watch it because i have a job um, like I have a job. Just everybody else <laughs> just had a job you didn't have to do at that point. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I tried to watch it when I got off of work, and I got two matches into it because the Seth Rollins Edge match took. It was like a forty-five minute match. It's pretty long, yeah. The the it crown jewel match. the the crown jewel pay per view or all all of the Saudi Arabia pay per views have always been like an hour longer than most pay-per-views here at least like they really cram a lot into it yeah but i did i did watch the entire thing uh so i'm just gonna give you a rundown but here's the headline you ready headline nothing terrible happened So first off, maybe my favorite part of the whole thing is that Peacock finally has live controls for the pay-per-view. You can pause, you can rewind, you can start, you know, from the beginning or start from wherever you jump in. It's great. Um, So we had the pre-show Usos versus the Hurt Business. Usos win in a technically fine match. Nothing really special, uh, but a good warm-up match for the crowd as they were still coming in. Are Uh, they still calling themselves the Hurt Business? Yeah, they came out as the Hurt Business. But are they with? They are. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's just Good. it's just started, but they're back. They're back, and they're it's better great. Than ever. Uh, <laughs> like you said, the uh, Hell in a Cell Edge versus Rollins match, impressive fight. Uh, lots of painful looking spots. Rollins bombs Edge from the top of the ladder through a table. Rollins wrapped chain around his foot and super kicked Edge. Edge does a curb stomp onto a chair for the win. I mean, it's just. That's that was a good that. story, too. Like, they yeah. really laid all that story out. I wish they had done it at a different pay-per-view, honestly. Sure. Um, 
But this did give them the time. Yeah. This gave them the time to, to have definitely. a really good finale. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so that was great. Great ending to the trilogy, I think. Then they had the Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali <laughs> match. Which is uh, which is your token Which, yeah. So they came, out, they came out shouting angrily at each other, uh, which, you know, as we noted when we talked about this before, is that they were a tag team all of a minute and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was silly is how how fanboyed Mansoor was. Like they were talking about how it was such a big deal that that he has this marquee match at Crown Jewel, but that happens every Saudi Arabia show. It's yeah. not like this a new thing. And and with him, right? Like he's yeah, the only it's always him. <laughs> it's always him. He knows. Be, he's like the Undertaker yeah. of Saudi Arabia. If uh, if what has happened every time we've had a Saudi Arabian show happens. He'll be off TV for 95% of the next year until it's about time for Crown Jewel to roll around again. Uh, but anyway, uh, they cast Mustafa as the obvious uh, favorite to win, uh, and Mansoor is the underdog. And told a pretty good story in the match, Mansoor overcoming the odds. Uh, had this been the first match you'd ever seen with these two, you'd have bought it. That's what I'll say. Yeah. But, uh, you know. If you've been watching this for a while, then you just kind of knew this was coming. Uh, it was fan service match. Yeah, it was definitely it was... fan service, especially noted by the end where Tarek Hamdi came Tarek out Han, yeah. in his karate gi <laughs> and knocked his foot up the side of Mustafa Ali's head, like popped him, just, it was sick. He was a black Chuck Norris up there, just Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. But, yeah, I mean, clearly fan service for Saudi Arabia, but still, it wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't like go pee match, you know? It was it yeah. was good enough to watch. Uh, RK Bro versus AJ and Almos. Riddle rode a camel to the ring. Obviously. Uh, so that happened. Match was the same standard match that these, these two teams have had a bunch. Still impressive, entertaining, just nothing new. Uh, then we had the Queen's... Queen's... Queen's crown, uh, the the female king of the ring, uh, which, first of all, I didn't really realize when they had announced that they were doing a king of the ring in the Queen's crown tournament that it was going to end in Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel, but I yeah. think that actually makes pretty good sense. A little bit of sense. And, I, yeah. and, and that's a way to have it be an important thing, still ending on a pay-per-view without having to do a full king of the ring pay-per-view. Yeah. I, I liked this idea. Okay, I can I can I can believe that. Yeah, I can make that work. Uh, so Zelina Vega versus Dewdrop, back and forth kind of match. It was really quick. Uh, had a kind of surprising finisher where Zelina Vega did an impressive flipping power bomb uh, on Dewdrop. Look, flipped her, flipped her a good one eighty in the air. Uh, Which is a big size disparage. Right, there. right. Because she's she's also very short and little. Yeah, she's very small. Yeah, uh, but it was yeah too quick of a match. Could have could have gone on longer. Could have had more more uh, impressive spots. But I just think for your first it was. For your first Queen of the Ring match, Queen of the Ring, and it's a match between Dewdrop and Zelina Vega. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I would have been more upset if it was one of the. The five Bigger. women that are always yeah. doing everything, I guess. <sighs> and I'm I'm fine with Selena. Uh, so what was funny is it was awkward because there was nobody there to put the crown and the cape on her. Instead, she just had to do it all herself, and she couldn't get the cape on, so she just wound up throwing it over her shoulder <laughs> like a sash. Uh, and so that was strange. And uh, th this theme continued later. We'll talk about that. So Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg was next. No holds barred match. Big spot after spot. 
match. It was actually pretty impressive. Uh, might have been Goldberg's best performance in a long while. Ended with a uh, great spear off the ramp in a pile of tables for the win. Uh, there was a bad kendo stick spot with the Hurt Business. Hurt Business came out, uh, tossed a kendo stick. They were on the ramp. Tossed a kendo stick to Bobby Lashley. They both had kendo sticks. Both of the Hurt Business tag team ran up individually to attack Goldberg. Neither of them swung the Kindle stick. They just kind of like <sighs> ran towards him and let him and let let him hit him. And so he did that, and that, Goldberg picked up one of the Kindle sticks. And so now it's just there. The two team, the, the Hurt Business, are down. It's just Bobby Lashley and Goldberg, and Goldberg's running towards Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley. Puts the kendo stick up in the air like he's going to swing it down on him. Goldberg is swinging up like an uppercut, but it gets caught on the ramp. And it's like slowly and then swings up and hits him. But that gives a solid like what felt like five seconds of Bobby Lashley just holding this over his head and not swinging it at Goldberg. So all three of them did not attack him with the kendo sticks. The hurt business (laughs) running at... at, uh, at Goldberg and just just to get hit. <laughs> like, that happened to me one time at uh, VBS. Yeah. Um, because I was I was just walking around after I'd gotten done with my volunteer portion, and the guys running the games were like, "Hey, come play this game with these kids." And the game was you had to lay like paper clipped a uh, or clothespin a balloon to your uh to your thing and you had to make sure nobody knocked off your balloon while also knocking off other people's balloons okay and all of these like sixth graders like everybody's like oh john you were being so mean and like really taking the game too serious i'm like i literally stood there while sixth graders ran into my chest (laughs) and just fell on the ground I don't know what you that's want this, me to do. That's what this felt like. So it was one weird spot, but the rest of the match was actually pretty pretty decent. Uh, let's see. Next up was the King of the Ring match. Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods. Uh, kind of a quick match also. Not as quick as the Queen's Crown one, but still pretty quick. But it was technically proficient. Very good spots back and forth. Both pretty uh, evenly matched until the final spot. The limit breaker elbow from halfway across the ring. Xavier takes a spot, which was the right call, I think, story-wise. King Woods. King Woods, man. Same issue with the cape. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody there to help put it on. Xavier wound up just carrying it at first, and then he tried to put it back on. He's like, I got to get right. I got to get right. And he puts it on, and it still falls off. <laughs> so, Never mind. I'll get it later. <laughs> he started yelling at the camera, playing around with him. Like, you, I'm the king now. You go to whichever camera I say you go to. It was really funny. That's great. Uh, but yeah, it was fantastic. WWE Championship match after that, Big E versus McIntyre, face versus face, which is always kind of weird, but kind of fun. Both came in with bravado and respectful contempt. It was a solid meat-on-meat match, just slapping and smacking and throwing. Uh, <laughs> both were made to look amazing. Big spots, false finishes aplenty, really good match. Uh, Biggie retains, but a uh, show of respect to both afterwards. It was good. It was nice. It was a, it was a heartwarming, entertaining match. Uh, then we had the Bex versus Banks versus Bel Air match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, this was a funny, quick, and surprising match. Like, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, there was a great moment where uh, Bex was uh, going to jump on both opponents from the turnbuckle, and they decided to catch her. 
And then she tries to like nuzzle heads with both of them. Like, no, we're friends. We're friends. Don't hurt me. We're friends, please. <laughs> and they throw her into the turnbuckle. Uh, it was very funny. Uh, Lots of feats of strength in this one. Uh, snarky uses uh, a sneaky use of ropes uh, to pin Banks at the end, but it counts because it's a triple threat match. Uh, so it was good. Everybody retains pretty much, you know, in the whole show, but it was still really good. Universal champ, uh, Roman versus Brock. It, 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 did Lesnar shrink or did Roman grow? Because they know. are Lesnar almost the same smaller. size now. Lesnar looks smaller. He does, he? he does, but more, but like. His entire body, not like he's less muscular. Because looking at him uh, in the in the pay per view, no, not he looks muscular. exactly like he always did. It just looks like his. It looks <laughs> like he was erasing up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they both looked very intimidating in this match together. Um, uh, the 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 weird like top knot ponytail is growing on me. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, lots of huge spots and false finishes, of course. Uh, they, they were really playing up the Paul Heyman thing of, you know, whose side is he really on? Uh, who's he really there for? And uh, toward the end, he throws the belt into the ring right in between both of them lying on the mat. And he yells, you know what to do with it. And so they're both like <laughs> looking at Paul, looking at each other, looking at the belt. Brock is able to get it. Usos come in, super kick him, knock it down. Screwy finish uh, after that, and uh, a new ref runs in and counts it out, and it was over. Yeah. So not the greatest of endings, but rumor is that Brock's going to be around for uh, up until probably WrestleMania. So okay. it's probably going to be a, a continuing story with him for a while. Uh, but honestly, I think this might have been the best Saudi pay-per-view yet. Uh, there were no, no old fogies flopping around for money. Uh, might be one of the best pay-per-views of the year, actually, for WWE. Like, it was... It, it, I don't know. Money in the Bank was really good. <laughs> Which one was it with the zombies? Because no, that was my favorite no, one. wasn't it. Hell in a Cell. <laughs> was it Hell in a Cell? I don't remember. I don't but know. anyway, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good. It was worth a watch. If you want to go back and watch it on Peacock, yeah. it's, it's worth a watch. You definitely have to check that out. Uh, Especially the uh, the championship matches, yeah. all really really good, and that Xavier Finn Balor match also, I would put that in there. Well, a couple of things that I just very quickly noticed: yes. um, uh, the female referee had to wear like a really really baggy referee shirt and uh, and long sleeves. Yes, which I understand is like, oh, we have to do it. For, for their culture, and I get that, and I respect that. But it's weird that they're touting themselves as this ultra-liberal progressive group who want to respect women and, you know, whatever, and there's like, but not in front of the Saudis. <laughs> Just be cool, woman. Look, they've been, they've been pushing, since the first pay-per-view, they've been pushing to have more and more at least female participation because the first one they didn't have any women at all yeah and that's one of the reasons they had that women's evolution pay-per-view all women no nothing else the very next month and then the <laughs> next year they had uh natalia and lacey evans right. each wrestle in a 5x t-shirt right <laughs> so it wasn't I mean, even their shirt it was just it just I mean, a lacey evans and paint so now, so now we're up to 
two women's matches and a female referee. I mean, we're getting there. Did we're the women's ratchet the the women's matches? Did they have to wear? They wore their full body suits with their t-shirt over it. Yeah. Ah. Uh, fun. <laughs> fun. I'm not, not super big. To I'm not, not trying to start nothing. Not, not too big. I mean, I agree with you. I want to be respectful but. to everybody, but I'm also it's it just uh, it's kind of one of those like it doesn't match up. Right. It just matches. It just shows like. We want to be respectful to women. We want to, you know, push the women's evolution, but not if it means we lose that much money. Come on, I mean, guys. I mean, it's, a, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Also, people are really upset about the camels. Huh? The camels that were right next to the stage, because how else are we supposed to know they're in Saudi Arabia if we don't put camels by the stage? <laughs> how else would we know we're in the Middle East if the the logo isn't a flying carpet onto your screen, <laughs> which happened midway through? <laughs> um, but people are very concerned that they put camels next to the uh, pyro and explosions. Oh, you know what? That makes sense. Music. I get but that. the camels didn't really seem all that bothered, at least not what I saw. <laughs> this is a normal Tuesday night this for us. Just, yeah. yeah, this is just explosions and fireworks, man. <laughs> just another day in Jeddah. <laughs> we are, a, we are like so close to crossing a line, I can taste it. So uh, on that note, we should probably break for a minute. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about so-called real athletes. So stick with us. another person that used a word or phrase that you were absolutely certain you should know but you didn't of course you have well don't worry nerd because we've got some great news for you you're about to learn something brand new this is the real world bub and you need to learn to hold your own in a nerdy conversation so pull up an ear and pay attention because ltn has another nerdy definition for you today's term is future endeavored the world of professional wrestling is just like any other business sometimes people get fired Though it certainly feels like these last two years have seen more than their fair share of layoffs from the biggest promotion on the planet. When a wrestler is fired, WWE.com always posts an article announcing it. Sometimes the article is two simple sentences. The first being, WWE, and insert wrestler name here, has come to terms on their release from the company. But the last sentence is always, WWE wishes them well in their future endeavors. Because of this, whenever a wrestler is released, it is often said that they are future endeavored by WWE. And while this term could be used interchangeably with the general use of fired or laid off, it is usually reserved for when a wrestler has done something to get in hot water or when the wrestler is known to be disliked by Vince McMahon, instances where the firing was seen coming ahead of time. So next time you see people raging in wrestling Twitter when their favorite NXT wrestler is let go by saying, I can't believe he got future endeavored, you can nod your head and join the hashtag because, hey, you understood that reference. Welcome back to the Two Words Podcast. I'm still John and he's still Matt. And today we're talking about real athletes. And we're putting that in quotations because it's the title of our show. But also because I do think that professional wrestlers are athletes. 
It's just a different medium, you know? Um, but in some cases, those lines get crossed, and you have people who, uh, who, who found success at a very high level of, of, of in another sport and then came over and found success at a high level with professional wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, people such as Top Dalla, who recently uh, recently moved up to Raw with uh, the hit hit found the hit hit row <laughs> the hit foundation <laughs> the hit foundation <laughs> Har- what's their name hit row hit right? row yeah, yeah hit row yeah. <laughs> um, he spent five years in the NFL bouncing bouncing between teams um, Lex Luger spent six years in the USFL graduated from the University of Miami as an offensive lineman I didn't know that's that. how big Lex Luger is. Wow. Um, or was. And, and, and I want to clarify because I know that probably every professional wrestler played some sort of sport. Yeah. But I'm not talking about like, you know, Big E who, who played a year of college football. Like, so we're not putting rock in this thing. I'm not downplaying that. Um, no, well. University but, of Miami, guys. But, uh, yeah, the U. Ugh. <laughs> As a Florida fan, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, just doing that. that was <laughs> disgusting. Um, but The Rock also, I mean, The Rock played professional football. It was in Canada, so it wasn't oh, real. Oh, I didn't even know that, really? Yeah, he it was, wasn't real. He wasn't real. <laughs> it, was like, it was like the Quebec Admirals or something. Yeah, he won, the, he won a Grey Cup. Which That's is what they call their Super Bowl. How did I not know that? Yeah, he played. A, he played. A, it was a very short time uh, in the in the CFL. Um, but there, I mean, you know, there are a lot of athletes who went to a very high level. Yeah. Um, Baron Corbin played professional football. Um, was mostly I think signed to practice squads, but was also a bear, uh, a Golden Gloves boxing champion. Hmm. Which means that he was the best amateur boxer in the world, or in the United States at least. That's interesting. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and he was also an offensive, a lot of offensive linemen, which is weird because, like, offensive linemen are not built the same way as most of these guys. And, like, Baron Corbin, you, you think about all of that, it's like, oh, yeah, because Baron Corbin really is athletic, and he's a fantastic performer. Oh, absolutely. He's got a garbage character. <laughs> but but he's, if, he's, he's a great performer, especially for his size. He's not, yeah. he's not, he's tall, but he's not bumbling. He moves <laughs> so fast. That thing that he does where he slides out of the ring and like slingshots himself around the pole. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like based on athleticism, I, I'd watch him in a main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, yeah I really absolutely. would. Um, uh, Commander Aziz. Played football in Germany. I believe that. Um, and I believe he did a little bit in the United States, but uh, not, a, not a heck of a whole lot. Um, Ron Simmons, uh, as we've discussed in, a, in an earlier show, played at the University of Florida State, yep. or Florida State University, whatever. I don't care. It's not a real school. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything you don't like isn't real. I'm a, it's true. Uh, I'm a University of Florida fan, so Florida State. Uh, I heard uterus. Uterus. I'm a of uterus. <laughs> I'm a uterus. What kind of weird self-deprecating? It's a, it's a, it's a slang, that? man. It's a slang. 
Um, is it called Uter U- Uter U or Uter Us? Uter U. <laughs> um, but Ron Simmons was an all All American defensive end from Florida State, a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, the yeah. Orange Bowl Hall of Fame, which I didn't know existed. I knew uh, that. And had his number retired at Florida State. He was drafted by the Cleveland Browns in 1981 and played for both the Browns and the Tampa Bay Bandits of the USFL. Like I just. I don't know how I knew all that, but I knew all that. I, that would scare me. <laughs> if I was a running back for, for whoever, and I came around the corner, and there stood Ron Simmons, and he's just got a smile on his face because he knows... He knows he's about to crack my sternum. <laughs> he just he just sits there and kind of laughs. He's like, <laughs> just pow. <laughs> um, amazing. Um, uh, let's see who else do I have on this list? Alexa Bliss. Something you may uh, some of you may not know. Alexa Bliss was a professional bodybuilder. Yes. Yep. Um, mostly in the physique, I think, but that's still bodybuilding. Um. She but she started doing that to com- combat an eating disorder. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, this is all coming back to me as you're saying it now. Yeah, yeah I remember that too. Yeah. Um, she also got to a very high level of of cheerleading. So she was like a Division One cheerleader, like competitively, um, which is also uh, an insane sport that doesn't get credit for being a real sport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you like you see that in her wrestling too. Like absolutely, she can do all these jumps. She can get thrown all over the place, and she just gets back She's up. She's strong. She knows how to do it. She's firecracker. Uh, you know, several uh, the sports you get from generally are football and uh, mixed martial arts. Right. Which a lot of that started with uh, with Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man. Or, oh, there was someone even before that, Dan Severn. Okay. Dan Severn, who. Uh, was one of the, I, I believe, one of the the first UFC champions, uh, or at least a very early on one. Uh, but but back then they would even bring he would even bring the UFC title to tapings to WWE. He would walk to the ring with it, like they would really That's hype it up the fact that he was uh, UFC champ, and you know that would continue on like with the brawl brawl for all. Uh, yep. thing that they did <laughs> which which I do have that to talk about because you know you, you you see a lot of athletes come over and especially in the 90s and like early 2000s you mm-hmm. saw a lot of athletes come over uh, and one of those was the brawl for all with uh, with Butterbean <laughs> um, fought Bart Gunn in like a real shoot match like that was all of it was none yeah. of it was like they had, they had, they had hoped that they had assumed that Dr. Death was going to you know, be the one that makes it there, but they let it be a genuine fight every yeah. single round. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> um, just happened to be like, okay. But <laughs> and he took them like, all out. And then Bart Gunn, imagine the conversation where they're like, Hey, we're going to have you challenge Bart Gun- or challenge Butterbean, uh, in a boxing match at WrestleMania 15. And he's like, Oh, cool. So like, we're going to get to work together and, and I'm going to show him how to like fake a punch. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's going to kill you. He's going to try and kill you. We want to stop paying you, so you're going to... That nearly... Gonna, that 37 nearly seconds. <laughs> just, he was like... And it is he, got, he got punched, and he became a mannequin. Just like, he just start, stood up straight and just fell over. 
And there's a moment in in that match where like he gets knocked down and he can get back up, mm-hmm. but he's questioning if he should. You can see it in his face. Like he gets on one knee and he's just kind of staring at the ref for a minute, like I don't want to keep doing this. Please don't make me. This was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty was... sure I'm pretty sure Bradshaw uh got a concussion from his match. Man. Like they they just went straight. That's dangerous. Yeah, oh yeah, it was one of the most dangerous things the WWE did uh, in the Attitude Era time. They just like, yeah, for real, go out there and box. But then you also had uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone coming in WCW, uh, and they read like Dennis Rodman was tag champs. With Hulk Hogan. Oh gosh. <laughs> and I would Those love weird. Those weird celebrity <laughs> matches. There were a lot of really bad ones. The Jay Leno and, <laughs> and his, yeah. his, his oh, band yeah. leader <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page. That's terrible. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna get in wrestling ring we're gonna home. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, I mean, like, and the and the the basketball players made some sense because TNT sure. has always really kind of owned basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman. Like that was such an odd, odd choice to make. Right. Um, Off all the wrestlers, there had you, to be. Yeah. <laughs> because they were so like you got them in there and you're like oh they're not nearly as muscular and giant as you think they are on TV um, especially when you're standing next to like Hulk Hogan and yeah <laughs> all those guys um, Shaquille O'Neal wrestled uh, in WWE and for AEW mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little more for AEW was not much with with WWE he had that one WrestleMania moment where him and the big show stared at each other yeah and then that ended um randy savage played pro baseball yes yeah we almost played pro baseball right nearly played he was in their farm systems (laughs) um which i just always think like because he was crazy like what if like somebody just made him mad enough and he picked up like a can of green beans and just chucked it at his head like (laughs) it was like a like an outfielder just popped him man (laughs) Um, uh, let's see. Mike let's, Tyson let's, was always in that. Mike Tyson. That, that, yeah. Mike Tyson. You watched those? Also both for WWE and AEW. Oh, yeah. He did. He did show up for mm-hmm. both of them. I always watch those old Mike Tyson stuff, and I'm just like, I'm still questioning if he's going to go crazy. Because <laughs> you never knew what you were going to get with Mike Tyson. You still see it in his face. Mm-hmm. He's just like, he's mm-hmm. just kind of looking around like, maybe I have to punt them one. <laughs> I have to punt them one right now. <laughs> And I would never want to get hit by, like, I... I love you. I have a lot of respect for you. <laughs> but I wouldn't have any problem making orphans of your children. <laughs> I will punt you so hard. Well, I still have a wife, champ. Yeah, well, I would assume that she would die from grief. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, let's get into some of the more uh, more... Notable ones, uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, um, everybody knows that she was a mixed martial artist. She was a UFC champion, um, one of the greatest, one of the greatest women's UFC champions. Um, but she was also a bronze medalist in Olympic judo. 
I did not know that. Yeah, she is a sixth Dan judo black belt, which I means she's earned a black. What's up? <laughs> I thought you just cussed. No, sixth Dan judo. <laughs> she's a sixth Dan judo black belt, which means she's earned six black belts in judo, essentially, um, or she's reached level level six of judo. Level six Dan. And you can say, let's talk about Ronda Rousey for a minute, because I go back and watch some of those matches in preparation for this. And I don't think we gave her a chance. Oh, I totally did. That we should have. I was fully on board with Ronda Rousey. I think the problem with Ronda Rousey, kind of the same problem with Baron Corbin, is that she was she was good in the ring. She was she was pretty good in the ring. She would have gotten better. Yeah. Um, she used she leaned heavily on that judo. Um, you know, with a lot of her takedowns and throws, I think that her finisher should have been a scoop slam. Like she should have just been given 12 hours with the rock to do scoop slams for 24 for 12 hours. <laughs> just like you were going to make this perfect. Um, and I think she would have, I think the big problem that I had with Ronda Rousey was she wanted to do the rowdy, Roddy Piper gimmick mm. and everybody else in WWE wanted her to do the Roddy, Roddy Piper gimmick mm-hmm. but nobody is roddy rowdy piper except for roddy rowdy piper yeah like nobody else is ever going to be able to pull that off that is the one gimmick you just might as well retire it's never going to work like it's never going to work again um so if she ever comes back i might if they if they give her a little bit of a character adjustment <laughs> might give her more chance than i than i used to um uh, let's see bobby lashley was an mma Fight mm-hmm. was a UFC. I don't know if he was a UFC champion. Look that up for me. Was Bobby Lashley a UFC champion? Oh, look um, but he was also an amateur wrestler. He was. Uh, he was like we said in the last show. He was going to be. Uh, he was training to go to the Olympics. Um, before a before a an injury involving uh, an armed gunman came along. Um, so that's that's fun. I've always thought that Bobby Bobby Lashley could probably do any sport he wanted to, just because he's a hundred and two percent muscle. Like he is, he is nothing but trimmed muscle. What you got? Um, I'm not seeing. I don't know if he was UFC. I know he was in UFC, and then I know he's in Bellator for a little bit. He was in Strike Force. He's a Strike Force. Titan Fighting Championship, Shark Fights, and other various promotions. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying any. Jason David Frank was in Strike Force. Bellator MMA, also, most recently. Yeah, because he was in TNA, and TNA lets their. Right. Was letting their guys fight in Bellator because it was all owned by Spike in Paramount. Um, He's also been in numerous movies. Jason David Frank fought in Strike Force, so maybe we could have seen that. Bobby Lashley had a role in a movie called The Way of War, and his role was Tattooed Hispanic Man. Also, a character named Lucius in a movie called Beatdown. Lucius. Um, let's see. This might just turn into a Bobby Lashley plot, guys. Oh, I forgot that he was the uh, 
He was the guy that uh, Donald Trump picked to represent him in the hair versus hair match. Yep, that is. At WrestleMania 23 <laughs> against Umaga. <laughs> I can't find any pictures of a tattooed Hispanic man. But once I do, <laughs> boy, boy howdy, howdy, I am sharing it daily. Okay, hold on. Here's a list of his uh, championships. So uh, that's a lot of wrestling ones. So he was the Shark Fights heavyweight champion once and the Extreme Fight Night, the XFN heavy, heavyweight champion okay. once. So those are his two. So he's had some championships, but not the UFC championship. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, but he had some, some big-name fights. Yeah. Uh, also in uh, UFC, I think the two of the big ones are Brock Lesnar. Yes. Um, who, like... Was a good MMA fighter. Good night he was. Like yeah. he was, he was hardcore. When you beat Frank Mir, mm-hmm. like those are and they're good matches too. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy, um, like how good of like, spectacle they were to watch. Um, uh, but a few things you you may or may not know about Brock Lesnar. He was a an NCAA. NCAA Division One champion in wrestling out of the University of Minnesota. Um, but he also was signed to the Minnesota Vikings. Cheerleading uh, squad. <laughs> <laughs> and they made him wear the skirts. Um, no, he was signed to the Minnesota Vikings. He went to the NFL Combine yeah, uh, at age that. 27. And guess how fast. Now, I might have told you. Guess how fast he ran a 40-yard dash. Oh, you did say this the other day. It wasn't directly to me, but I overheard it. But how much? How long? He ran a 4 Four seven forty. That's right. You were telling telling our friend Tyler a that, yeah. four four forty. JJ Watt ran a four eight. And according to Paul Heyman, which who knows when that guy's telling the truth, uh, it was like two weeks after he was in a motorcycle accident. <laughs> he bench pressed two hundred and fifty pounds like thirty times. Good night. Just. Popped one right after another. Can you imagine how scary that has to be? Mm-hmm. Just like he's putting on a uniform and everybody's like, ah, it's the Vikings. Those guys. So, ooh, is that Brock Lesnar? <laughs> that, that, I, saw, I saw him fold a guy in half. Is that Brock Lesnar? Eat him. <laughs> it's, like that, uh, it's like that John Mulaney bit. Is that, is that Dean Kane? <laughs> um,. And he, he wound up he wound up not actually playing for the Vikings um, due to some disputes with some other players or whatever. But everybody seemed to really like him. He seemed to really they said he really probably could have done uh, a lot of good. And uh, finally, for me, um, Goldberg, because Goldberg played a lot of football, went to the University of Georgia, um, was drafted by the uh, by the L.A. Rams in 1990. Uh, bounced around, I think, in the USFL for uh, a minute, and then he was traded to the Falcons. Played two years for the Atlanta Falcons, and then he was he fell victim to the expansion draft when the Carolina Panthers became a team, and so the Carolina they had to open up all that, and the Carolina Panthers took him for their team, but he never actually played it down because because Bill Goldberg holds a very interesting distinction, and that is that he's the first player to ever be cut by the Carolina Panthers organization. Ooh, the first. Ooh. It's a bad accolade to have. Yeah. 
But you look at old pictures of him playing football, and you're like, oh, that is a scary human being. <laughs> well, that's also why all of his early matches were so short, because he wasn't really a wrestler. It was just he him was tackling chosen, people. Yeah, he that was, was chosen That's why they gave size. him the spear. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, you know, we have we have Chad Gable, who won a, won a silver medal mm-hmm. in the Olympics. We have, uh, obviously, Kurt Angle, Kurt who won, Angle who won gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Lawrence Taylor wrestling Bam Bam Bigelow mm-hmm. at WrestleMania yeah, nine. Um, Lawrence Taylor is kind of a crazy person too. Like you never really knew what that guy was going to do. <laughs> um, and you did mention Ken Shamrock briefly, yeah. uh, and also Steve Blackman, uh, wasn't actually a professional athlete per se, but he was proficient in actual martial arts. Yeah. Yeah, he was, wasn't yeah. he? Um, and finally, I, I think the, I have an athlete. I know there are a lot of athletes out there that people think could make the transition. One athlete I have in mind I would love to see join some sort of wrestling promotion is Richard Sherman, uh, currently of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is the one you might remember. I uh, was playing for the um, Seattle Seahawks, and in a uh, in a divisional playoff game, he uh, I think it was the NC NFC. Uh, championship game. He uh, he caught he he blocked uh, Michael Crabtree who was going up for for a pass. And they did a post game interview, and Richard Sherman lost his mind on this poor woman. Was like, that's what you get when you come up and mess with me, Crabtree. You can't do nothing to me. Like, everything. And immediately people were like, oh, get this guy a mic and just put him put him in a wrestling ring. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, he's one and he's smart. He's athletic. Um, I want to see it. <laughs> um, well, that's all. Uh, that's all we've got. Um, here at the Two Words Podcast, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, Matt, do we have anything else? Do we have any any fun things coming up? With um, LTN Radio. LTN Radio. Well, we just had LTN Con. If you happen to miss it and uh, miss the the sessions and everything, all those sessions, all the videos, all the breakouts, and and uh, everything. Those are all going to be on YouTube, I believe, this coming Monday uh, on the the Love Thy Nerd YouTube channel. Uh, So if you wanted to catch those sessions, you'll be able to. We're also going to air them uh, at some point in the near future uh, on LTN Radio. Uh, We don't know exactly how that's going to look yet, but they'll be on there. And uh, for us, we, we 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 got our first, like, official piece of merch coming out oh yeah which uh won't be for sale per se but we're gonna we're gonna give you some opportunities but we're, we're gonna give you a chance to win the very first uh two words sticker you're gonna have to be um you're gonna have to stay on on me because um there's a chance i might say something stupid like send us a video of you power bombing your sister <laughs> and i'll send you a sticker and I'm sure there's somebody out there that would actually do it, and I would get in a lot of trouble. Um, so please do not power bomb your sister and send it to us uh, at two words LTN. Wink. Please don't. Please, really, please don't. Wink, I wink. I have a newborn. Wink. I cannot afford to be sued. 
Well, thank you guys for joining us. And head over to LTN.com. Nope, for, uh, nope, that's not a thing. LoveThyNerd.com. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't know who I work for. They keep trying to get that one, but it's being sat on and held for like $5,000. And they're just like, hey, we're not going to pay for that. Not going to pay $5,000. <laughs> Love That Nerd's a good, a good domain name. Uh, so head over to LoveThyNerd.com for all of your fun, nerdy needs, including this podcast. And tune in to LTN Radio. Uh, for for all of those podcasts that that uh, that we have that nobody else can have, <laughs> we're gonna take them all. Um, but until next time, my name's John. His name's Matt. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Goodbye.